The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. Are you thirsting for God's love? His mercy, His forgiveness, you'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Event Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at BismarckDiocese.com slash Thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And Deacon Paul Trinan here, and we're Father Michael Wensing. Yep, broadcasting at the Abbey of the Hills with our guest, Father Mike Wensing. Thank you, Father, for joining us. And we are in the middle of Straight Talk. It's our segment where listeners get to call in with questions or submit questions on Facebook. Uh, the phone number to call in is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. And you can submit your questions. We have quite a loaded question up next. I wanted to give Father the opportunity to read it before we get it on the air. It's a loaded question, Father. Listener wanted to know um, if Father would address uh, a legal situation in Del Rapids. Um, A hearing has been noticed for September 23rd at the Minnehaha County Courthouse that a parents of a 13-year-old girl are petitioning the court to change the child's gender marker from male, female to male. Um, the problem is there is no such thing as gender marker in South Dakota state law. The term gender marker itself seems to have arisen only in the last couple of years in reference to discussions about changing the designation of sex on official documents. So basically... Um, it's opening up a whole new can of gender status worms <laughs> that the state hasn't touched on. Um, anything that you'd like to address when it comes to something like that? Some of these legal terms are, 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 are new to me. They're as, finding as loopholes. Many, many people. All, I can reflect on a workshop we just had at the diocese. The diocese sponsored the Ruhal Institute to come in and uh, talk about gender dysphoria and the, how we handle it in our parishes, in our Catholic schools, in our catechetical situations. I mean, first they started with the theology of the body that we know it says in Genesis, male and female, he created them in his image. He created them. He says we could never lose sight of that identity and gender God gives in the beginning. How to handle it? He said, well, several things when it comes to the legal side uh, where, uh, like, for instance, if this case went through and this person happened to be in a Catholic school, 13, and they want to change it on their birth certificates, et cetera, we cannot change it on church records. Uh, we cannot uh, go other than what they were born, the sex they were born with, uh, male or female, biologically. And uh, however, um, and uh, 
you know, the, the child, if, if we have any dialogue in it, while they're thinking or feeling that they want to have all this change because they feel like they're a man trapped in a woman's body, et cetera, mm-hmm. is, is that they said, listen, listen, don't react, overreact, because they said on national sociological statistics said many young people, by the time they grow and come up through pu- puberty, 75% have uh, have uh, come to a resolution or changed their mind. Yeah. They don't feel like that anymore. And he says, we jump in, the, in our politically correct society. Parents are jumping so quickly mm-hmm. over what a child says he feels or she feels. And they said, you know, post-puberty, many do have same-sex attraction. They mm-hmm. said that's that continues. Uh, and 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 we deal with uh, you know open uh, you know your child of Christ however you feel but we we cannot follow the court in terms of changing a, a church record well and I have a daughter who's 16 almost about 17 she's a junior in high school and I can remember when she was five so all of this gender stuff was just starting and she was five and she said mom I'm not a girl I'm a boy and I was just like. <gasps> Oh my gosh, what? You know, and I'm this, you know, supposed to be this perfect Catholic mother or whatever. Well, come to find out, my little five year old girl didn't want to play with the girl toys. She wanted the sword instead, you know, and yeah. so it was that simple. You yeah. know what I mean? And she was five. And sometimes it's just kids want to play with the other kids' toys, and it has, you know, and parents yeah. take it too seriously. I, I had a woman yesterday, uh, the, the young boy, uh, he's uh, five or six, I don't know. Uh, thinks the same thing and she found out that his older sister wore dresses and in the summertime it was so cool hanging around the house with dress it was a clingy <laughs> jean pants on his yeah. and it was all about sensory perception of that was that was just a cooler more comfortable uh, and, and she said so she just kind of lets it float yes. and, and let him go through this transition you know yeah how many of us haven't felt adopted at one point in our childhood <laughs> I must be adopted. <laughs> then we finally... And in our childhood, I still do as an adult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eventually, we accept the reality of who we are. <laughs> well, folks, thank you for calling in. We're kind of out of time this morning already, which is hard to believe. Um, but this segment is every morning um, from 9.30 to 10 Central Time. And so if you wanted to call in tomorrow with your question, you have more than enough time to. And, Father, you mentioned something really interesting that you guys actually, um, you guys, that's a polite way of saying priests, <laughs> actually had a meeting about this. So this has well, become was, quite the issue. It was uh, 300 attendees, DREs, Catholic okay. school principals, catechists, deacons, uh, it was uh, it, there was only sixty deacons and priests present. Uh, the other two hundred and forty were lay people who are in the catechetical programs, religious education, Catholic yeah. schools, etc. Okay. It's real. I mean, it's real. I, I'm from the diocese of New Ulm, and we have ethical conferences that are talking about that. Is people need to be shepherded. You know, they want to know the answer, and and um, if we're going to be silent on it, they're going to find the answer from the secular society. And that is not oftentimes the best answer. So then you kind of, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of bishops out there that are like, I can't believe we're discussing this issue right now. <laughs> Actually, our bishop, John Lavore, over in New Ulm, I think is one of the leaders of that. He's a, he's very dedicated towards that and, yeah. and walking with people through that. But, yeah, I, I'm so, sure at some point you're just going, what? 
So I guess it's comforting for, you know, a lay person like me to know that these things are being talked about. Yeah. They're not being ignored by the church. The church isn't uh, just pretending it's not there. It's being discussed. And so go and seek answers if you have questions. In Real Presence Radio has the presence of mind to say, hey, we're not going to ignore this question that was submitted to us on Facebook. Uh-huh. We're going to take that on. And yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? It is. But our faith... That's where the fruit of our faith is. And I think, you know, when you talk about confirmation and tapping somebody to be a soldier for Christ, this is part of the, the trenches that we're in right now, yeah. this, this cultural battle. And so I admire Father Mike Wensing for coming in today. I admire you and your presence for bringing this to the forefront. Yeah, let's have discussions about it. That's what I love about straight talk. Let's have discussions about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to, again, echo what, what Heather just said. Thank you for everybody who wrote in, called in. And submitted your questions. Again, this is a, it goes from 9.30 Central to 10 o'clock approximately, Monday through Friday, that we do the Straight Talk segment. But up next, we're going to listen to a couple of old priests, oh two boy. old priests. Two old priests. Who are on their bikes, right? <laughs> yeah, pedal bikes. bikes. Now, I know these guys, and I, I don't know if they're that old because they're, they're not that much older than me. But later on the show, we're going to hear it's from Father relative. Brian. It's Father all Brian. relative, Deacon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> Father Brian Ostrike, who's going to be here in in studio, going to talk to us about a mission that he's a part of, and a lot of folks in the area are part of, uh, at San Lucas, Guatemala. We're excited to be broadcasting here from the Abbey of the Hills, and I'm Paul Trinan, Deacon Paul Trinan. I'm Heather Carroll. And we're going to be right back. Please stay tuned to Real Presence Radio. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. Our number is 701-223-2424. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. 
Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks, Father. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. Thank you for joining us this fine, beautiful morning as we're broadcasting from the Abbey of the Hills up by near Marvin, South Dakota. How do you describe where we're at? If you uh, in northeast South Dakota, we're probably about 10, 12 miles from the Minnesota border, from Millbank, South Dakota. And if you were in Watertown, I think a more recognizable town in South Dakota, we're probably about 35 miles northeast of Watertown as the crow flies. Yeah. As the crow flies. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I know we're trying to get a couple old guys on the phone, and I don't know if we've been successful. I wonder if they're out of bed yet. <laughs> I think? They're slow. Yeah. They're slow, so it might take them a minute to get on the line to talk about their adventures. But it's been a great morning so far, folks. And just a reminder that... If you've missed anything this morning, you can always go back and listen to our podcast on yourcatholicradiostation.com. We post everything later on today or tomorrow on if you've missed some of the great conversations we've been having. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow, That's great. So you I get can, to listen to myself. You can listen to yourself over and over and over. Oh, well. <laughs> Lucky you. Oh, now we've got Father on the line. I can hear Father. Father Mark Lichter and Father Terry Anderson, are you with us? I am I'm available, Father Mark here. Father and I'm Mark. Here Father Terry's here. Good. Neither one of you guys sound out of breath, so <laughs> what's up with that? Are you not on the bikes yet this morning? We're having breakfast. We are not on the bikes. We are You're not having on the bikes breakfast. Yet. Yeah, breakfast probably lasts to what, three PM? Unless <laughs> <laughs> you have second breakfast. <laughs> So thanks for joining us again, fathers. Uh, let's talk about two old guys on a bike. What is that? Two old priests. Are you talking about? We don't know who. We don't, we don't want to talk over <laughs> each other, so we're trying to figure that out. So Terry, you go ahead. Terry. All right, Father Terry. What do you? What do you? Oh. What have you got to say about it? <laughs> well, we. To recap, that we, 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 we've been doing this for a few years to raise money for a different cause, especially schools, and that's what I'm doing. And we're in our fourth day of five biking. We're biking about 50-plus miles a day. And uh, so we've gone to Brookings, to Mitchell, Mitchell to here, and that's where we're at today. And we're going to go to Redfield today and then uh, Aberdeen tomorrow. Wow. So it's really good. Uh, pretty good. It's not... We're not we're not exhausted. We're struggling. We're doing pretty good. Well, and the weather's been nice for you so far. Yeah, it really has. It's been sunny. Uh, got a little rain on going to Mitchell, but very light sprinkle. But other than that, the weather's been very well. So, Father Terry Anderson speaking right now. He's from uh, St. Thomas More Parish in beautiful Brookings. It's a gorgeous parish. And then Father Mark Lichter is from Saint or from Sacred Heart Parish in Aberdeen, which I actually used to be a member of. Mm-hmm. 
about 30 years ago. And that's another beautiful parish. So I, I got online at St. Thomas More and I saw you can, even, you can kind of look at your, your pathways and, 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 and submit um, to these wonderful, wonderful events to support them. But it used to be, guys, tell me if I'm wrong or right here. <laughs> Didn't it used to be two priests riding their bikes through South Dakota, rural South Dakota? Now all of a sudden it's migrated to two old priests, <laughs> right? That's, that's because Father Mark's gotten older. Not, okay. Because I know both of you guys. Neither one of you guys seem too old to me, but it's Father Mark, huh? We're, we're both getting close to retirement age uh, oh. you know, in the regular culture. As priests, we retire at 70, but we're in our mid-60s. So, no, you're not that old. And we've also had several, this is Father Mark, we also had several operations, and we had to take some time off for a while, for a while and now we're back on the trials again. Well, so God. just so just so the listeners know, you guys are currently on the trail, but you're actually in a restaurant right now having a little bit of breakfast. And what is the Father Mark? What is the goal of all of this bike riding? Well, first of all, it's to promote uh, our parishes, and for Father Terry, it would be for his school specifically. They just started a brand new school there in in Brookings at St. Thomas More, and for us, we're we're trying to raise some funds in a fun way for our stained glass windows. Oh, we have about yes. uh, 13 or 13 to 15 large stained glass windows that are just beautiful in the parish, and they need to have some restoration. We have two, uh, three of them that were leaking, and we fixed one already, and we're going to go after the next two. So we're trying to raise a little money for stained glass uh, just to beautify our church. So I'm curious, Father Mark, where are you guys at today? Where, where are you calling us from? We are in Huron, South Dakota, and we're at Colburn's. In case somebody wants to come and talk to us, we're at Colburn's uh, <laughs> grocery store, a restaurant in there. And awesome. uh, we're ready to take donations here. Wonderful. <laughs> and now, you, you kind of sleep in cornfields along the way, or how does that work? <laughs> well, we go so fast, we don't even see those cornfields. We're moving so quickly. Yeah, right. Okay. Good, 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 good. So have you encountered a lot of folks along the way that say, hey, uh, there's an old priest. I want to stop and visit with him. And, and uh, how do those conversations go? Uh, we really haven't had a lot of those, mostly turtles. We run into different <laughs> animals. Um, but every once in a while, we'll stop in a, in a restaurant or someplace and we'll be talking to them and we actually went to a bike store, and they ended up donating their services oh, to us nice. for the two some bikes. Give me, give the folks in the listening area where you're heading today, so maybe you know if they know where you're going to be, your path, they can they can encounter you okay. or visit with you. I'll have Father Terry answer that one. He's kind of the navigator. He's really good. At yeah, it. we're going to Redfield. The only thing is, we try to stay off the main highways. More dangerous that way. We. I'm from Redfield. That's where I grew up. I know some of the back roads, so we're really actually taking back roads as much as we can just to stay away from the main traffic. We don't encounter a whole lot of traffic, but uh, in the we're at the towns that we stay at, like Heron or Redfield or Aberdeen, we could sit and stop by the parish and see us there. Okay. Well, we're talking to Father Mark Lichter from Aberdeen, Father Terry Anderson from St. Thomas More in Brookings. They're on a bicycle ride raising money for their churches and for their their schools, Catholic schools 
and they would love for you to visit their websites um, to be able to support them. Um, if you go to STM Brookings, which obviously stands for St. Thomas More Brookings, dot weshareonline.org, you'll be able to find their homepage and make a contribution. I think it's a wonderful thing. How many years have you guys been doing this, fathers? Well, we, we started probably more than 10 years ago just to ride across the state, just do it. And then probably about six, seven years ago, we decided to do it for our schools. But then I was here in Heron, and Mark was in Yankton, and we did it for our schools then. This is what our Mark is our third trip or fourth trip to raising Fourth trip. Fourth yeah. trip. Good for you. Good for you. But, uh, How- Deacon, Deacon, you forgot one important thing. You forgot <laughs> the web page for Sacred Heart. What's going on? <laughs> okay. Get you know that what? thing in there? Well, you better tell us, Father. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what it is. Come on. <laughs> He's on. Aberdeen.net. Yeah, he, he's on the deacon, but he doesn't even know his own website. So Sacred no, Heart. I will never go on there because I'm not, uh, I'm not a customer. I mean, he already knows everything. Be a he already knows it all. So one other question. Somebody just, somebody just phoned in. They said, how in those four years that you've been doing this, how many tanks of oxygen have you guys worked through? <laughs> the, the better question is, how many flat tires have we got? <laughs> oh. Well, I think I, I know you two priests fairly well. You've both been good good supporters of the Abbey and have been here. And I know Father Terry Anderson doesn't speak quite as much as Father um, Mark Lichter, so I think it must be an interesting interplay going across those roads. Uh, can you imagine? Yeah. Great. It's I, one-sided. It's one-sided. <laughs> I can tell him all kinds of things, and he just listens. Well, he's a good Sometimes. listener. Yeah. <laughs> well, See, we want to do a little shout out to our Sagwagon people. They're support support vehicles that go out. Father Dan Smith was with us for two days last week, and then we had Nicole Fuhrer um, from the Mitchell Foundation um, office that went with us yesterday, and then we have uh, Thomas Escrow, who's from Aberdeen, Sacred Heart, our Director of Evangelization and Discipleship, that's with us today. And then also uh, David Betch, who's the head of our foundation oh. uh, in Aberdeen. So and, it takes uh, a lot of help. Shout out to those guys. Good for you guys to, for helping. It doesn't. It's more than just a couple of guys riding down the riding down the the back roads of South Dakota. So yeah, I recognize some of those names, David, for sure. Well, thank you guys. Um, appreciate what you're doing again to support the good work that they're representing in their parishes at. Um, Sacred Heart in Aberdeen for the Window Project and for St. Thomas More, especially towards the school project, go to sacredheartataberdeen.net and STM, STM Brookings. <laughs> um, hey, if, I could, if I could add one more thing of support, we've got to say that people who provide meals, we had a family last night, but, but when we got to Mitchell, Father Mark's mother took us out, and tonight my mom's going to take us out, so we can't forget uh, them. Okay, tell uh-huh. us, tell the, tell her, tell the names of your moms. We need to hear that. What are their names? My name, mom's name is Patty Anderson. Patty Anderson and and Alice Lichter. She's the one of the Lichter. gentlest women. We we call her Gentle Woman of God. She's oh, really wonderful. wonderful. Well, beautiful. I hope that the ride for you guys is gentle, and um, I hope the support that you uh, your efforts have are full of smiles and. And full of good contributions as well. God bless you guys on the road. 
And Deacon, I'll be seeing you in a week or so. Yeah, yes, next September, <laughs> September yeah. the 10th, yeah, for the day of September, recollection, yeah. next to Tuesday. Don't forget. Yep. <laughs> okay, folks, time for another break. Thank you, uh, too. Appreciate your help. Thank you. We'll be back after this break in just a moment. I'm Deacon. I'm not Deacon. I'm Heather. (laughs) And I'm Deacon Paul from the We'll be right back. (laughs) Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor. And each week, we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota will be offering an inner healing retreat October 11th through the 13th with Jane Bars and Mike Schneider of the Matthew Ministry. This retreat, which begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon, offers hope and freedom to those seeking a way out of hurt and sorrow. For more information about the ministry, visit thematthewministry.com. To register for the retreat, call 605-263-1040 or register online at broom-tree.org. At the University of Mary, affordable access to Catholic higher education is vitally important. Thanks to generous donors who believe in the value of Catholic education, eligible graduates of Catholic high schools receive free room and board. And students who choose our groundbreaking year-round campus option can earn a bachelor's degree in just 2.6 years or a master's in four, saving money while getting a head start on their careers. Discover the Mary difference at cometomary.com. That's cometomary.com. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. I'm Heather Caro. And this is Deacon Paul Trinan. We're broadcasting from the Abbey of the Hills. And it's a beautiful day up here. I'm hoping and praying it is for everybody in our listening area. And I know we cover... The Real Presence covers a tremendous amount of area oh, yeah. from Wisconsin into Minnesota. Well, North and Dakota. I just wanted to say, you know, to all of my bosses at RPR, this is my last morning doing this because I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm the hills. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just so going to stay here. You'll be here. back in two months. We'll be back here. Yeah. I'm just staying. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have our next guest on location Father Ostrike, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. And Deacon has been excited to have you in. Yeah, well, Father Brian is a pastor of uh, my area of faith community, our area of faith community. Um, and it's, it involves four different communities, Ortonville, Minnesota, Graceville, Minnesota, 
uh, Rosen, Minnesota, and Madison, Minnesota, and um, Spirit of Life Area Faith Community. My father and I go back even before he was um, transferred there. How many years ago? Oh, Artonville, four, four years, years now, nine years in Madison. Yeah. What we want, what we've invited Father on the program today, is to talk about a, a, a mission that he's very passionate about, that um, many of our listeners may have heard about, and that's a, a, a mission down to the people of San Lucas, Guatemala. Um, you know, it's a beautiful ministry, and, and it's just so so big. But let's talk about how it started, and then I'd like to ask you how you how you became part of it. And sure. When. During Vatican II, the Pope at the time, John the Twenty-Third, said to the bishops of the First World, he said, "You need to help the Third World churches, dioceses." And so tradition holds that our bishop at the time, uh, Schladwater, had lunch with the uh, Archbishop of Guatemala, really? and he said, "Well, I have people that I can send you. We can do this." And through a, a lunch in Rome during the Vatican II, it started, and Schladwater came home to Nuam and asked for volunteers, and uh, sent a letter to the newly ordained class, and nobody applied to go. Hmm. And so he talked to Father Greg Schaefer, a newly ordained guy at the time, and and Father Greg asked the bishop, he said, well, how many of my brother priests applied to go? And he goes, well, I'm talking to them right now, which means <laughs> Father Greg was the only one. <laughs> so Father Greg said, sure, I'll do it. I'll go for five years. I'll come home and teach back at high school because Father Greg, was Monsignor Schaefer, was just a great teacher. I mean, just brilliant, brilliant man. And he went for five years, stayed for 50. Um, wow. Incredible. No kidding. Built an incredible, incredible mission down there. And he and Father John Goggin, who's still down there, John is just a... Yeah. Uh, He's been there for 50, I suppose. Oh, yeah, right. definitely. And just the, they worked so well together. And kind of like the odd couple where Father Greg was always the front person. Everybody knew Greg. John was the one teaching cate- catechism in the, up the hills and the, the plantations and stuff. And... Just beautiful chemistry, beautiful faith of those two guys together. You know, when I first started becoming part of this mission, and we'll get into that in a bit, but my priest, who's ordained with Father Greg Schaefer mm. some 50 years earlier, said, and that was Father Bob Goblish. Father Bob said of Father Greg, who's down in San Lucas, he goes, I believe that this man will be a saint. He will be oh. confirmed a saint. That was when he was still living. But let's fast forward now. So Father Greg and Father John had been down there for decades, and along comes another guy from Litchfield. Very good, yes. Okay. So how did you become involved in it? Well, I was vocation director for Bishop Lucker for seven years, and in 1999 he said to me, take all of our seminarians down there because we have to find a replacement for Greg because you know, Greg was getting up in retirement age and... So in the June of 2000, I took seven of our seminarians down there, spent a week digging a, a, a sewer system, 10 feet wide, 10 feet deep, and everything else. The guys hated it, just hated <laughs> well, yeah. their experience. One said, I can't do this anymore. I got high blood pressure. The other one said, you know, I'm not made for this. And so they did not have a, uh, as I guess I had a metanoia there. You know, the whole thing where I just fell in love with Greg, with Father John, with the people, with San Lucas, because, you know, we're fighting for life. Back then in, you know, 2000, a lot of our kids were, were dying because we, you know, starvation and everything else, malnutrition and disease. And, I, I you know, San Lucas to me is the most pro-life ministry I've ever been part of in my ministry. That's why I love it. We fight for every life. And 
it just dynamic how it's blossomed over the years and now with Father Greg going home to heaven and Friends of San Lucas, you know, the lay board taking it over, they've done very well to continue his legacy and, you know, philosophies that Father Greg started and um we've done a lot of work, there's a lot more to do, but it's just really celebrating life and truly celebrating what the Catholic Church professes. And I just love that. So when you're saying that you're supporting this and you're a part of it, what does that entail for you personally? Um, this is my 19th year. I've been going down there. Wow. The next trip I go down probably in January will be my 33rd trip. Really? So we've built new. I wish I would have kept track of all the houses we built in schools. Right. But now our goal is to build at least two houses a trip, uh, so about four a year. And then when we were there in August, we bought four tons of food. For the people, we have uh, a group of orphans that we take care of, and so it, we give them each a bag of corn, beans, rice, sugar, shoes, and then clothes that we bring down. And so it, it's literally when we buy food by the ton, it's it, it just amazing. It freaks me out to realize four tons of food what that looks like, huh. but then we know the people will eat you know better for those few days, and so it's just wonderful. I'm going to chip in here, too. It's not just Father, what he brings down there. It's the people that he brings down there, oh, yeah. too. Like, for the for example, in, in um, late July, early August, he brought down 25? 37. 37 people. Wow. And, and I know these people, they come back to our parishes, and they're profoundly changed. They're profoundly changed. Mm -hmm. And I think that echoes back to the first time I went down there, um, I get a little bit emotional when I talk about this. But I met Father Greg, and he says to me, he goes, hey, this is great what you're doing down here, but what you're doing isn't the most important thing that you for you coming here. The most important thing, this goes back to Vatican II, is that you care enough to come. Exactly. The people see you coming down from your affluence, and you care enough about the poor. To come, and that's what Father Brian brings these things, and they're great things, and they're beneficial things. But the fact that thirty-seven other people, through his shepherding, come down to care enough to come, and then, and then through this preferential treatment of the poor, these thirty-seven people come back and they go, "We need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. We need to continue to spread this and evangelize this." This life. Exactly. Well, and I cannot help but think about, you know, you're talking about how many times you've been there, how mm -hmm. long the other two priests were down there. There is a lot of need. That's what I'm getting out of this is thinking about how much you bring down, how many people you bring down, how many times you visited, and how long those priests stayed. Mm -hmm. There's that much need down there. But it's like Christ being with his people, you know, today's reading, you know, where he took care of the people and then went away to pray. It's, you know, we have to be in persona Christi, you know, and be with our Christ, but it's, it's building the bridges. It's, you know, we can build all the houses we can, but to build bridges amongst people from, you know, Ortonville, Minnesota to San Lucas Toloman, that's the important part. And just to, to spread, you know, the, the greatness of the Catholic church and wow. the pillars of justice and liturgy. We brought five monstrances down this time and 12 chalices. And wow, it's just, it's fun to see two, build their faith and just see those people just come alive in the spirit and so but no a huge word of thanks to everybody who's part of this for you know the radio station for all the volunteers for you know the senior citizens who send their ten dollars a month and 
Well, so. before we run out of time, I, I want to get to the heart of the matter. Um, are you heading back sometime soon? Hopefully January, if not January. August for sure. Okay. So if people want to learn more about the this trip and this mission, where can they find more details sure. about it? Email us or uh, contact us at the Ortonville Parish at St. John's, Ortonville, Minnesota, and we'll, the secretary or the staff will get in touch with you or through Deacon Paul here at the Abbey, we'll spread the word and get you the information that you need. So are people allowed to go on the mission with you if they don't belong to your oh, parish or your diocese? Everybody's open. Okay. Catholic, non-Catholics yeah. will experience it. It's it's a beautiful thing. And again, now, I just want to remind folks, we're talking with Father Brian Ostrag. He's a, a pastor over in the the Spirit of Life area faith community, which is just about a half an hour east of us over in um, the New Ulm Diocese of Minnesota. But he's leading a group of, um, I'll say, pilgrimage Mm-hmm. folks down to Guatemala one to two times a year to San Lucas doing some wonderful things. We want to thank everybody who's listening. We're going to break really quickly, but we'll be back to talk more about this subject in just a minute. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Good morning, I'm Heather Carroll. Hey, and I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. We're broadcasting from the Abbey of the Hills. Just said goodbye to Father Brian Ostrike. Father Brian was here visiting with us about a mission that he's been a part of 
gosh, for about 19 years and has been heavily supportive of the San Lucas um, mission down in Guatemala, touching the lives of so many people by making their um, homes and their drinking water and, and whatnot better, but especially then turning around and touching the lives of the people that he shepherds down there on pilgrimages and then brings back to remind us here yeah. in this land of plenty of what really, really is important and what, what, what is lasting. Well, and he's trying to put together another group to go down in January. So if you're interested in joining them, I'm sure you can go to his parish website and, f- and find out more information on that. Yeah, St. John's and Ortonville. It's, it, I put it parallel to what he's doing to what we're doing, and especially I'm going to say you're doing and the rest of the fine people at Real Presence, because this is stuff that's real, that's lasting, that mm-hmm. makes an impact. It's, it's what the challenge is to us to make life worth living. Our call, our call to be followers of Christ is experienced both in what Father Brian's doing down in, in uh, Guatemala. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not employed by Real Presence Radio. <laughs> I don't get paid to say this. But what, what this radio station's doing is, I think, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and I hope... I hope Aaron's blushing and Heather's blushing <laughs> because he should be. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful ministry. It's a beautiful um, apostolate. So well, and we all have our calling. We do. We all have our. Some calling are called to go to Guatemala. Some are called to proclaim Christ on, on and the and run a retreat center. And yeah. some of us are are called to help with the abortion cause. And so that's going to lead us right into Amy Julian, who's joining us now. Amy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, well, well, thank you. So abortion is always a difficult topic for people to talk about, but it's one that we need to talk about. Um, and there can be a lot of pain, whether people want to admit it or not, that's involved with abortion. Can you speak a little bit about this? Yeah, um, and it really affects everyone differently, but there is a lot of pain that follows in the aftermath of abortion. And part of the problem is no one wants to have abortion. You know, they don't dream when they're a little girl of planning to, to, to when they face this choice, you know, and, and when they make the choice, you know, when we decide that this is what we need to do is because there's no other option in their mind. You know, maybe it's the school situation or poverty or shame about being pregnant or finances or, um, you know, maybe it's a violent situation at home, but whatever the reasons, women that make this choice feel backed into a corner, and just like an animal will will gnaw its own leg off when it's caught in a trap, a woman will have an abortion just to escape the situation. I mean, it's a, it's it's rarely ever not a horrific situation in their mind that that makes makes us feel like this is the only way out, you know. And so, um, in that desperation, you know, you make this choice that other people look on and say, "How could you do that?" You know, and 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 any other circumstance in their life, they probably would have thought the same thing. But because of this incredible, um, you know, trauma and panic that, that happens when you're pregnant, uh, particularly an unexpected pregnancy, you make this choice. And then we know the reality that, that this is your own child, you know, that God has written into us this desire to, to care for a child. And, and you put that out of your mind when you make the abortion, and then eventually those, that comes back. And you create all kinds of coping mechanisms. It might be anger or bitterness or resentment, um, difficulty building or maintaining close relationships, because very often an abortion comes from a betrayal of, 
um, you know, your significant other that maybe either forced you or coerced you into having an abortion. And so you find it difficult to maintain relationships, um, substance abuse, uh, drugs and alcohol, promiscuity. Very often women will um, get pregnant again in order to try to somehow psychologically make it work out the next time and then find themselves in the situation and have a repeat abortion. Um, or maybe they go the other extreme and they completely avoid sexual intimacy or have difficulty experiencing, um, you know, any kind of joy in the gift of our you know, sexual intimacy, uh, suicide, suicidal ideation, eating disorders. I mean, there's there's a list that's three pages long of different kinds of manifestations of this pain that women can have, and and it it, is, it can be just overwhelming. It can completely change your life in what that one single incident. Well, and I think this is such an important perspective that we need to have. Um, a lot of times, the pro-life community gets you know, branded, we just care about the baby and right. we don't care about anything else. And so I think this is a great opportunity to take pause and think about the other life that's involved other than mm-hmm. the baby, you know, what mm-hmm. that mother's going through. Right. And um, and that's one thing. When we speak to um, pro-life communities, um, you know, that's one thing we, we will remind them because, you know, when you're involved in pro-life work, you know, you see this, this beautiful baby and you think, how on earth can anybody do that? And they'll say that. I never understand how someone could murder their own child, you know, only to the woman that's in that situation, you know, they completely will buy into either the fact that they have no other choice or that it's the whole clump of cells, which today with ultrasounds and everything else, you're like, how could anybody buy into that argument in this day and age? And yet I still hear that. I still hear people say, oh, my gosh, I saw an ultrasound the year after I had my abortion. I had no idea that that's what I was aborting. I thought it was a clump of cells. Or nowadays with the um, the, the medical abortions, that they, the, you know, the chemical abortions that they have where you take the pill and then you go home and you actually mm-hmm. abort the baby in your own home and then you see the baby. Um, oh, my gosh, you know, that is... I think the post-traumatic stress that comes from those situations has to be unendurable. I can't even imagine that. Um, but when you make that choice, you know, you you find yourself in such denial because, like, the evil one, he's involved in all of this. We know that. And one of the things he does is he lures you into, this is your only choice. No one will ever know. Um, and then as soon as you make that choice, it's like he yanks the rug out from under you. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and, and immediately you have that self-condemnation. How could you? How could you do that? That then is magnified by the pro-life community when we forget about the life of the mom. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes the secret and that, that power of the secret that the evil one tells you you can never tell anyone about this ever in your life. And, and that secret like will, will literally rule your life. It'll affect every every corner uh, of what, what it is that you do. It can affect your career choice. Um, I mean, just you, you name it. it. It is an incredibly pervasive, destructive influence on women's lives. Amy, you're speaking eloquently to the scars and the continued pain of abortion in these women's lives and in the men's lives oftentimes as well. Absolutely. Let's talk about the option of healing for them. Can you share with with the rest of the audience what's going on at these Rachel Vineyards retreats and um, help them know that there's there's hope, there's healing? 
Yeah, absolutely. And because um, that's the incredible mercy. And like we ask our priests, when you're talking about abortion, always bring in the, the hope of the mercy that's available in programs like Rachel's Vineyard. Um, women will come and men will come to the retreat. And when they walk in, I mean, they we've had people turn around in the parking lot and try to leave, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we will greet them in the parking lot because we know they're finally facing the thing that they've been avoiding for years and maybe even decades. We've had people come 60 years after their abortion that they hadn't told anyone that whole time. And they walk in and they are just like, you can just see the fear in their eyes. And, and, and they, it, they look hunted, you know, and that's how they've been feeling for all that time. And Sunday when they walk out, it's a completely different person. They hold their heads higher. Their face is clear. You see a light in their eyes that they may maybe never thought they'd ever have again. And it's all because during the retreat, they have an encounter to, they have an opportunity to encounter the living Jesus, you know, through his words, through the scriptures, that then we do exercises where we physically almost act out what we physically receive the mercy that's present in his word in the scriptures and and they have an just an incredibly deep and rich and real encounter with the living Jesus with his mercy with his love with his care with his healing that even if they didn't have any relationship with Jesus walking in whether they're catholic or non-catholic christian or non-christian mm-hmm. people have a real encounter and they they actually have that warmth of that healing and that hope that they never even dared to hope that they possibly could ever get back again. And even if they've gone to confession before, we've had women who have gone to confession repeatedly and never been able to integrate the healing that God gave them in the the confession. You know, he forgave them their sins, but they weren't able to forgive themselves until they come to Rachel's Vineyard, and they're in the, the company of other men and women who have made that same choice, and they literally spend, you know, 48 hours the entire weekend just basking in that love and that mercy and that, you know, just that redemptive healing that Jesus gave his life to us on the cross, you know, so that we would be able to receive that outpouring of mercy and love. Amy, I can't, I can't imagine anybody clarifying this any better than you've done just now, this depth of Jesus' mercy. When Faustina talks, there's, it's unfathomable. Amen. It's unfathomable. And then, and then the, what you talked about when you said they've been, they've been forgiven in, in, in the sacrament of reconciliation, but they haven't forgiven mm-hmm. themselves. And, right. and I had a, this really wise priest, I'll say his name from the top of the hills, Father Roger Gaditz, and he said to me, he said, unforgiveness blocks healing. Right. Unforgiveness blocks healing. And unforgiveness can block that mercy that Christ wants to give all of us, mm-hmm. but especially these people. They have the greatest right of mercy, of Jesus' mercy, I think, are people that have been through this abortion um, mm-hmm. lie or the secret. Or, and like you said, they walk in and they look hunted. I, they look wow. hunted probably because they have been hunted. Feel, right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, yeah, I want to I point a... out that it's not just the women; it's the men, right. it's the grandparents, right. it's everybody involved. Yeah. yeah. So let's I, talk. I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I had a priest tell me one time that um, he almost envied the people who were post-abortive who had received this healing because he said that we can understand 
that mercy and redemption of Jesus, and that, that, you know, we've been able to absorb that into the core of who we are in a way that people who didn't have that deep need for healing never would be able to understand. I mean, and he... I mean, you know, not that he envied the the experience of abortion, no. but he envied the integration of mercy that ultimately was available to us. I've seen that. I've seen that in retreat ministries in prison. You know, through our rec- mm-hmm. residence in Counter Christ. I've seen it through twelve step re- retreats that we've hosted here. Something else right. you said is that the people that they're coming, they they almost want to turn around in the in the parking lot because mm-hmm. Satan is so much wanting to sell us this lie, that, right? That Jesus won't forgive us. And yeah. The, what you're doing is singing that from scripture to the physical experiences that you're doing, the exercises and just your presence of, of this balm of mercy. So I to share with folks now this next Rachel's Vineyard. It's going to be in Western South Dakota. It's going to be October 11th through the 13th. I know we're praying for you guys every day here at the Abbey. Thank we're you. We're lifting that up. Yeah. So tell yeah. them a little bit more about, about that experience. Sure. And so um, this retreat is actually sponsored by um, the Bismarck Diocese, but they're unable to host it this year, so the, the Rapid City Diocese will be hosting it the weekend of October through the 13th. Um, and then um, Carol Kling is the retreat coordinator, um, and she is the person that people contact for intake information. She has been doing, she's the one that brought Rachel's Vineyard to um, South Dakota uh, 19 years ago. We were one of the first. Um, uh, retreat houses, or you know, Rachel's Vineyard retreats in the the country. Shortly after they started, so she has a profound amount of experience with this. And from the time you contact Carol, you know, with this initial inquiry until the time you're able to make it to the retreat, you know, she's there to minister to you, mm-hmm. and you know, she's there to help you to get there because. Even once you make that call, that call can be the hardest call you ever make. And But then Satan's going to keep working on you mm-hmm. to try to pull you back away. Yeah. But we, we start um, with dinner Friday night. We work through exercises that just gradually integrate you into that love. And the, first to recognize our own need for healing. Um, just like, you know, blind man Bartimaeus, when they when Jesus comes to him and says, what do you want from, from me? And we give voice to that desire for healing, you know. And then um, and then just walking through him, like the woman at the well who has that, that incredible encounter with his mercy and and just, you know, walk you through that in, entire moment of healing. And so we're anxious to offer this to anyone who is in need of it, men and women. And this is a program that is held throughout the country. Um, is there a place Correct. that people can go and find out more information on Rachel's Vineyard? Sure, and it's actually international now. Um, and it's rachelsvineyard.org, and that's online. Or you can also go to the uh, Rapid City Diocese website and search for our um, Rapid City or um, Hope After Abortion is the USCCB um, website, but rachelsvineyard.org speaks specifically to this retreat, and then you can also call Carol at uh, 605-374-5639, and she holds everything absolutely confidential. You, your name does not get written down on any kind of register or anything, but uh, if you call Carol at, at 374-5639, she can get you registered for this retreat. Yeah, and I think that's very important. I used to work for Catholic Family Services in Sioux Falls, 
And we also offered Rachel's Vineyard, and that is very important. It is 100% confidential. Even the location of the retreat is held confidential, so no one can go and see who's showing up to this Rachel's Vineyard retreat. I think that's really important to help people feel more comfortable in showing up. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very confidential. Yeah. Yeah, because this is the biggest secret, you know, that people have carried their entire lives. And the thought of exposure is mm-hmm. is absolutely panic-inducing. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your great work, Amy. Wow. God bless you. you. God bless you all. Thank this you. Is, Praise God. It is. Praise God for his mercy and his love. That's how he, manifests, how he manifests it so many different ways. He's always calling us back. And isn't it great to be used, Amy, as a means yes. of his mercy? It's an incredible blessing. It's a privilege, yeah. God bless you. We'll we'll continue to pray for the the Rachel's Vineyard retreat that's going to be in Rapid City October 11th through the 13th. And again, to call, to get involved, you can go to the website like she talked about or 605, I'll say that again, 605-374-5639 for caring, and I'm going to underscore confidential Confidential. information. Thank you. You you deserve it. All right. Thank you, Amy. And Deacon, that's the end of our show. Wow. Fastest <laughs> two hours of... I, know. I can't believe it. I love it. So there is a lot of week left. So we're going to head back to Fargo. And Aaron is going to update us on what else we can expect this week. Well, thank you very much, Heather and Deacon. It's been a pleasure having you guys here. It's been fun. We've got a, We've had a great show today. And we've got an excellent show coming up tomorrow, too. We're coming to you live from St. James Coffee in Rochester with Michael Goldsmith and Matt Wilkham. We've got Deacon John Hust to talk about the Unbound Conference coming up in uh, here in September on the 27th and 28th in Fairmont. We'll hear more about that great conference. We'll also be praying for your intentions during Prayerfully Yours. Father Robert Horahan of the diocese will be with us to talk or to take your questions on faith during straight talk we'll also have trent horn the author of counterfeit christ on his book and his upcoming appearance to north dakota we'll be taking a 10-minute tour of local events we'll be talking with marilyn baker and diane johnson on the curatio fall retreat coming up in buffalo minnesota and you won't want to miss sister candace fear Talking about one of the, a couple of the most hard topics to be, um, hard topics to talk about, human trafficking and domestic violence, but we'll take a look at it from Catholic social teaching. All this right here at Real Presence Live, right back to you guys. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. More hard-hitting topics always happening on Real Presence Live, and it's been a pleasure hosting with you this morning. Well, I'm like I said earlier, I'm always impressed by the content. The content. I know that, we go there. Like Aaron I and Brandon, get, get. I just want to emphasize again that the, the real presence drive is done two times a year. It's coming up September 18th, 19th, and 20. Be generous, folks, and in generosity, let's pray. Let's pray a closing prayer over this last two hours. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Generous and good God. We praise you, and we we ask that what the, the seeds that are planted today grow and fulfill your your want and your desire. And we pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.